Welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Torian B. And today, uh, we're going to get into the Don Caluminati, the seven-day theory from, you know, Tupac, but, you know, his alias, Machiavelli. This album came out in November of 96, which was just uh, three months after Tupac's death. Um this album came out and had like a lot of talk around it, a lot of hype around it. Everybody was still kind of getting over and trying to grasp the fact that Pac um, passed away and the theories were coming up. And, you know, so it kind of rolled the kind of rolled off of all of that going on. And the success of it was crazy because of that. I mean, it sold over 600,000 copies the first week. Um, and by 1999, it was already certified four times platinum. The album had three three singles, uh, Toss It Up, To Live and Die in L.A., and Hail Mary. That all came out to support it. Um, obviously, it was released through Death Row Records, which was the last label that Pop was on before he passed away. Um, how did you feel about this album, T? And what made you want to um, revisit it for this episode? Um, well, I, I have a love-hate relationship with this album, right? So I'll tell a quick story. When this album came out, my dad bought it on cassette. Um, you know, he had a, a Mazda 929, and he loved the song To Live and Die in L.A. My father's never been to L.A. My father, I don't even think my father, no, I'm lying. My father's been to Las Vegas before, but he's never been to L.A. So he's been to the West Coast, but he has no idea the meaning of this song. I have been to L.A. a few times, right? So that song is probably one of the most beautiful songs going on that. Yeah, it is. A, I mean, it is a beautiful song. I think it's the beat. It's the vibe. Pac was always good at having these singers on his songs that nobody know who the fuck they are. They're not even credited. It just sounds good. <laughs> and I always liked that, that he did that for some reason. Um, so that was a good vibe. I, I guess I could see how your dad would like that one. You know, the the, the, the songs from this album that are, the, the good songs are so strong on this album that I'm actually glad that it's only, you know, 12 tracks. The songs that he had were really strong songs on the album, right? And there's only 12 tracks. So each one, you were able to pretty much, you know, draw from that and, and ignore the, the weaker songs on the album, right? But another thing that draws me in is lyrically, this was Pac's like most like focused album. And I, and I really genuinely think that, um, All Eyes on Me was like an album to please Suge Knight. Like Tupac knew, like when he came out of jail, he had to make good. He had to do what he had to do, and smartly he signed a uh, he he put out a double disc because he signed a three album deal. So this album was fulfilling his commitment to Death Row Records, right? Suge Knight bailed him out, so he was already signed to Interscope, so it wasn't hard to get the rights to Tupac. So mm-hmm. he was able to like get everything transferred over, right? So this is where like all the theories came in that people were saying like, yo. Should Knight kill them because he wasn't going to sign with him. He was going to start Machiavelli Records. He was going to try to start One Nation, you know, the East Coast, West Coast, um, uh, uh, you know, coming to get, coming together of the East Coast and West Coast artists. So there's like a lot of things that like go on with that, but, um, who's to know, right? But this album, the seven day theory was absolutely a pop album. It was more reminiscent of the album that he put out. Um, what, which, which, which album am I talking about? I wrote it down. Me Against the World. So it was more so in the vein of Me Against the World. It's just that the paranoia was heightened 
and and like his conspiracy theories and things like that were even like more defined, right? So I think a lot of the things that like he read about in jail and everything like that, he put into this project. And like you could tell that like he was trying to get the um get the outlaws going. He was trying to teach them a lot. Like he used a lot of the recording sessions for this album as like teaching lessons to them, which is hilarious. And like some of them they even make songs because they couldn't record songs fast enough to get on the album. Because the reason why the album's called the Seven Day Theory, it was recorded in three days, it was mixed in four. Or it was recorded in four days. days. Yeah. Right. So like all in all, that album was done in seven days, and Tupac didn't even listen back to the songs. Every time he finished, he would he would say, "All right, come on, uh, you know, get the next reel going so I can get the next song." So like that's how fast he worked. Like they said, he worked like he was like he knew that the end was coming, like something like he like he had, like he had like a timestamp on like what like what was going on. Like there was an expiration date, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So the reason why I wanted to do this album is because we've never done a Tupac album, if I'm not mistaken. That's one. Uh- Okay. Yeah, you're right. Right. And two, I just felt that um this album kinda I don't know, like this album just kinda been, you know, kinda prominent in, in, in my mind. So it's something that I just really, really wanted to uh touch on or whatever like that. You know, you know, I'm a I'm a YouTube advocate, so you know, I, I watch a lot of Joe Rogan, a lot of conspiracy theory stuff, and Pac was a conspiracy theorist. A lot, like you know, he was raised a, a black panther. He didn't trust the um the three letter agencies of the United States. And this project, this album, there has so it's called Kill Illuminati. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like this project is very, very much in that vein. So like that's why I really wanted to touch on this project and just look into it. And um, basically, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to argue why this is Tupac's best project. Like his. Of of all his of all his albums, I know they say that this is his posthumous album, but to me, this is still an album that he made. You know that he that he okayed before he died. Yes, and it was and um it was completed before he died, obviously. So it's kind of I don't know. That's why I'm that's what I always think about when posthumous albums are released or labeling albums posthumous because. A lot of posthumous albums, from what I know, are always thrown together after the person dies. Like they take old recordings and shit like that. But this was made with full intention to come out, and it was already completed. It just hadn't come out yet, unfortunately, because he passed. Um, but you know, he got some producers on this thing. I mean, he worked with Quincy Jones on. Well, no, that's Quincy Jones the third. Sorry, sorry yeah. about that, but. Um, yeah, so he had, he had the Outlaws on here, which is, you know, the regular, you know, he had Casey and Jojo, Aaron Hall, Val Young, Badass, like he had some people on here that niggas just never heard of, but he just threw them (laughs) on here. Um, but Pac was kind of, you know, when he died, everybody felt like he still had so much to do and he would, and he became so revered because we just weren't getting enough of him yet. Like he, he just was reaching the tipping scale of superstardom when he passed away. So like when you, when you dive into this album, it makes it all the more eerie when you listen to it after he died. Cause it came out, like I said, just a few couple months after. Um, so when you listen to songs like against all odds, where he's like really dissing niggas, um, or hold your head or, or, um, or 
which one is it? Oh yeah, of course, Hail Mary. They're all really, really airy months after his death. Like I remember my brother having this album and blasting it, like, you know, after he died. And I was like, yo, this shit is crazy. Like, and this is this kind of is what fueled shit like, yo, Pac is alive. Pac is alive. Cause when this came out, it was like, holy shit, like how is he talking about things that are so current and being so on point? <laughs> shit like shot me, shit shot me, shit yeah, shot me. Shot me. <laughs> I, I played that part over and over and over, even though I think it was proven that that's not what he says. What does he actually say? I don't know. I still believe that it shook shot me. Shook shot me. What? Well, which track was that? It's the first song. Yeah, bomb first. Bomb first. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the theory behind him dying is a whole nother element, though, because essentially, like when they said when he went to the hospital, he was fine. They mm-hmm. said that he wouldn't let people uh that, that they wouldn't he wouldn't let the doctors work on him, but um he he gave the doctors a hard time. But like they said that he was like fine, and then they said like uh um because like he was fighting them so much, like he wouldn't take the medicine they was trying to give him, and like they they said he wouldn't have made it. But also what I also read is that his voice probably wouldn't have been the same because his lungs collapsed. Um, they said that he probably would have like his his stomach. Like I think like he got shot like in his midsection and his stomach. So like his um, they said like he would have had to like like use a use like a you know a medical bag to yeah. go to the bathroom. And then I think he would have been like he he might have walked again, but like they said like he probably would have been like in a wheelchair for like the first little while. Like but to my understanding, when they said he went into cardiac arrest, like his mom took, said just take him off life support. But they said like he. Probably could have made it, <laughs> but they said his mother was just like take him off life support. So I, that's why like people are like, yo, I think his mom just said fuck it, we gonna send him to to, to Cuba with it on on. I think it's a a Sita Shakur who's in uh, Cuba right now. I think that's why people say that. Like that's why like Suge Knight's son <laughs> is getting interviews saying that Pac's alive. Yeah, he's like, yo, Tupac is in Malaysia. Yeah, that's but what yeah. he says that. Every- that's what but, a lot of people are, um, still believe till this day. But um, yes, uh, I mean, there's a lot of lore around this album. Like this is why, like I say, uh, I always say that Tupac is like our first, like he's like our Elvis, because mm-hmm. you, you you know, like like some people feel like Elvis never died. Like think, like some people feel like Elvis never died, or some people feel like uh, certain celebrities just hide. Like in, in plain sight and everything like that, and, and like walking amongst us, but like so that we just became too much more. Like people say that about Marilyn Monroe as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like eerie with things about Tupac because like he was kind of more than just like a rapper. Um, he he was kind of more like a, a pop culture figure. People say that. Yeah, he was, and he became even more so after he died. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so you are defending this, not only defending this album, but you are stating in this episode that this is his best body of work. Yes, sir. And um, and we will be talking to Danny, of course. Shout out to Danny. We'll Sweet be Danny. To Danny. And Danny will be saying he'll be in full disagreement with you about about your stance on this album. And um, and I know you guys both have your proven facts. And we'll be joined, of course, by Quincy, who is a avid fan of Tupac. All right. So without further ado, we're going to get into case 143, the Don Caluminati, the seven day theory. Don't 
And today we have Danny. Danny feels that although this is an enjoyable Tupac album, this isn't his best album. We have Tori in here in defense of this album saying, on the contrary, this is Tupac's best album. By far his best album. So, gentlemen, welcome from the case 143. The Don Illuminati, The Seven Day Theory. I am your judge, First Class Reg. I'm joined by Tori and B, and I'm joined by that of Vila's guy. You. Both have very opposite ends of how they see this album. Danny, I would like to hear how you feel about this album first for your opening statement. Um, I think it's a good Pac album, uh, which is hard for me to say because I'm not a Pac fan. Um, but I don't think it's his best album. I think his best album would be uh, All Eyes on Me. And uh, I, it's a good album. It's just, there's a lot of hard, it's hard times to listen to throughout it. Like, I think, uh, like most Pac albums, he gets a little repetitive in his word usage and uh, direction of rapping. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And do you have any uh, any tracks that distinctly? Well, actually, no. Before I get into that, sorry, my my apologies, Torian. Mm-hmm. You'd like to tell me your opening statements on this album? Absolutely, Your Honor. Um, this is Pox lyrically his best and sharpest album. Um, he was at his musical height making this album. These were all. Brand new raps. Uh, the, a lot of the songs that he made for All Eyes on Me were raps that he made while he was locked up in jail. So some of them, you know, that he just he didn't he didn't craft that album. A lot of that album were production from Daz, Dr. Dre, um, and DJ Quick, and many other great producers. I'm sorry that I don't I don't, I don't have all those from the past the previous album, but they weren't tailor made, right? On Machiavelli. Pac got all of the producers that he wanted to work with, and he was going in the the um the A and the B studio so death at death row and crafting this project. Like you have to think about it. Like this album, he he was in such a mode. He kind of like brought onto him the what the, he brought onto him the tone that he was making for this album. He basically shed his he basically shed his past moniker Tupac and became Machiavelli, right? He read the books in jail. He learned a lot of things. And he said that, like, I'm shedding this, this, this person that you knew as the old me, and I'm stepping into my new, into what I'm becoming in the future, right? Like, think about artists that have changed their names. Prince, when he became the symbol, right? Who else? Let's mm-hmm. see who else changed their name. Um, there's another artist that changed their name. Oh, Diddy. Yeah, after he got, you know, in, in the situation with the court case, he changed his name and then things just only got better, right? So those are just some of the examples that I'm giving. Then when you think about some of the tracks for the album, I'll wait. I'm sorry, y'all, I'm stepping ahead of myself because you haven't asked that yet. But when we get into that, I can even present to you even better why this album is his superior album because of the influence of some of these songs. 
So I rest my case. Um, I see my one of my witnesses, uh, Q Matic Jones, has just entered the room. Um, I can't wait to bring him to the stand when I get to talk about Nas. I rest my case. Okay. So, uh, so Danny, what I was originally going to ask you, um, which songs do you feel that you would uh, that you would take away from this? Which songs do you feel help? Well, actually, no. Which songs help your argument in this not being a uh, a good a good enough pop album or the best pop album? Uh, toss it up off the rip for one, um, and uh, that might be it. I might take off uh, just like Daddy. Ah, okay. Um, and what are your highlights? Uh, my highlights on this album. I loved uh, when I found out. Apparently, Bomb first. He did the. Uh... Oh, and also, I would get rid of Outlaws on Bomb first. Like Outlaws bother me a lot of the time. Like, like I just feel they're too on here, way too much. Um, and they don't like like that's where I tune out on a lot of the songs. Is as soon as they get, they come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved finding out Bomb first was uh, that Pac actually did the the bass drums and everything on the album himself. Uh, the producer actually said he he was actually the one pushing the buttons and everything just for the bass. Um, but uh, yeah, I would I would. I feel like literally every it's it, you know what it is that that's probably my more more of my issue with this. It's the outlaws because I don't care for any of the outlaws. Like they've never added to anything for me. Okay, okay. So then, so your distaste or whatever you dislike about this album isn't Tupac's fault necessarily. It's the outlaws. Yeah, no, and it's the fact that they're also on like seven songs. Okay. All right, so uh, I'll shoot over to Tori, and um, do you have something to to on that? No, Your Honor, he's speaking for me. Uh, do I have the same question? Yes. All right. First, I'm going to go with the songs that I would keep. I would keep Bomb first. Uh, that is Hit 'Em Up Part Two. It's a great intro. He goes at everyone. He drops names. He's not scared of anybody. When he saw Nas at the uh, at at the MTV Awards, he told Nas like, "Yo." I'm going to go at you, and I think it's best that you don't respond. And, you know, I don't think Tupac realized, as, the other, as you know, John <laughs> gave his version, that it was a bunch of Queensbridge dudes there ready to blow his head off. But the fact that Tupac had such blind confidence, and he's only 5'6", weighing 140 pounds, lets us know that he was, you know, he was very prepared, and he was very, very ready to go to war. Bomb first, such a good intro to an album, right? Keep that. Hail Mary, one of the darkest rap songs ever. I wish Scarface was on it. You know, most people don't listen to it past Tupac's verse, but that doesn't make a difference. It still gets a listen, a stream, it's a stream. Toss it up. Had a single battle between Danny Boy, Aaron Hall, Casey, and JoJo. Give me a, give me, give me a, give me somebody that got an album that's doing some shit like that. Get you know Danny Boy the fuck out of here. As soon as I hear his voice, it's wild. Wow. Hold that man <laughs> So, all I'm saying is, is that you know, this song was made, and Tupac didn't even want to do it, right? So then 
you want to know how much distaste that Tupac had for this song? The first verse is actually on brand with the song. Then out of nowhere, he just starts saying, yo, fuck you, Dr. Dre, and going crazy. He goes completely off script, off handle, and it's still a good song. I can't yeah. believe you don't like, so you don't like Toss, toss It Up, huh, Danny? Okay. All right. So, to live, to live and die in L.A., arguably one of the most perfect songs about a city that you will ever hear. It should go down in history as that. This song is an amazing song. When you go to L.A. for the first time and you drive around the city and you're playing this song and then you realize how he's depicting the city and how he's depicting his love for the city, it is one of the most beautiful things that you will ever hear. It is one of the most beautiful things that you'll ever like realize you're doing. The video is amazing as well. And I would call that California Love Part 2. Right? Then you have Me and My Girlfriend. One of the, the, the better songs about, you know, a metaphor for a gun. Um, what Tupac did with this song was great. And the influence that he has garnered to other artists, artists that he dissed. Jay-Z made a song in the same elk. And then, and then still, like, I mean, I get it. You know, the man's fast, so the beef is dead. But I'm not remaking a song. Giving that man compliment that that was shitting on me, reminding everyone that I was Jazzo's lackey. Fuck that shit. But he did it, and then Eminem also did it, right? Great. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Tupac is one of Eminem's favorite um rappers, who is also you know one of the greatest rappers of all time. So you know if you can make Eminem's list, you know, hey, my hat's off. Then we have. I skipped a couple songs. I, I, I'll admit that. I didn't say this is a classic album. I didn't say this is a perfect album. I just said this is best album. Against All Odds, the perfect outro goes out guns blazing. <laughs> so, Danny, hearing that, you have anything to say, anything that you want to counter to, to, uh, to Torian's claims? I'm going to be honest. I just... Besides that, I also don't tend to like most death row uh skink singing collaborations. Um I don't like the way they they pick artists and how they sound on their beats and how it's engineered. Uh, I never have so a lot of times that's my problem on these songs with Pop too. Cause he always has a uh like to live and die in LA is a great song, but Val Young's voice just bothers me. Like, there's nothing gr- that make that she adds to the song. Like, you could have put any other singer in there, and it would have been better. Is there okay? So, I guess my question for you would be: uh, Is there an album from Pac that you much rather than this? Oh yeah, All Eyes on Me. Okay, so you think so you think all eyes on me is better than than um than yeah. Seven Theory? Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. just, I listen to more songs off of it. I skip songs less. Um, I like the collabs more. Like, there's very little outlaws on here, so it's 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 much better to me. But I have my same issues with it on, on most of the songs that have singers on it. Uh. I don't like the tone that they like to have their singers or they, they engineer or, or, or mix their singers with ever on uh, most death row beats. There's something about it that's always Tony and it, it irks me. I see. Okay. And um, Antoria, I understand you have a witness, correct? 
Yes, uh, I'd like to call him up to the stand. His <laughs> name is uh, Q Anthony Jones. Pretty How you doing? Good. Welcome. Pretty good. Welcome. Thank okay. you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I just want to cross-examine my witness. Uh, Quincy, How are you going to cross-examine him if I haven't examined him? Huh? <laughs> Because I, 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 get, I get to call him up first. Yeah, but you get to examine, not cross-examine. Whatever you want to call it, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it here. It's fine. Respect the court, though, is all I'm asking. Uh, it sounds like you're not respecting the court. You're content. Uh, so, yeah. So, examine uh, your Quincy. Quincy wow. <laughs> would you consider yourself a Tupac fan? Big time. Okay, big time. All right. Uh... Would you consider yourself a Nas fan? The biggest. All right. And you can not be biased against Mr. Shakur in any way. And you can you can rightfully say if an album is good or not by him, even though he went violent, violently disrespecting your the your the artist who you're the biggest fan of, right? Yeah, well, I'm I'm almost almost equally as big a fan of as pop. Because so, he's so, that good, because because his, because his music is that uh, good, right? Not just based on music. I just like I I, I like the the whole thing. You he know, likes the whole act. Package. I like the whole. Well, package. would you would would you say this? Uh, it's been said that Nas said that you know he was a huge fan of pop as well. Right. Right. He's another actor. So. Mm. <sighs> All right. So let's get to it. When you listen to this album, would you? Would would. All right, well, let me just ask you a question. Uh, would you consider this one of Pac's best albums? It's definitely one. In my personal opinion, and like I said, I'm a fan of Pac. The whole, the whole package. I, I understand that he has about he has three albums, a few albums that are just like not even listening. Like his best. Okay, album, he, has just... three, he has he has three good albums: Me Against the World, All Eyes on Me, and. Don Kulunati, Machiavelli, 70, 70 All right, theory. so let's, let's, yes. let's, let's hone in yes. on. Okay, so let's hone in on that. Of the three, which one's your favorite? Which one is my favorite? Ah, oh, man, that's, that's okay. Um, Me personally, I probably would say Me Against the World. All right, well, I'm glad that you just said that, right? Because... Yeah. Don Cluminati is more like me against the world, or is it more like all eyes on me? It's more like all eyes on me, in my opinion. Okay, so I mean, so you will be more likely to lean towards all eyes. I mean, you will be more likely to lean towards Don Cluminati than you would on, on all eyes on me. Objection! If someone Objection. put a, if someone put a gun to your head and said, "Pick an album out of these Objection! Two. These are guiding. Questions. He's not supposed to guide the witness into answers. <laughs> so you want to know which album I like? All right, I just want to know: All Eyes on Me or Don Cluminati? Which album do you prefer more of the two? I I I would go with uh, I would go with Don Cluminati because because obviously I think there's more joints that I like on All Eyes on Me, but the joints that are that I love on Don Cluminati are, are like some of the illest shit. I ever heard, like right. against all odds and shit like that. Like that's what he's, he's talking about, like his real life situation. That he, I mean, he probably shouldn't have been speaking about, but at the same time, the fact that we got to hear that is just it's it, there's nothing like that on all odds. I mean, mm, so right. 
you would say so. You would say that uh, Don Cluminati is uh, more true to him. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, and I, and I think our listeners do too. Um, Mr. Jones, uh, <laughs> thank you. If you have anything else that you would like to share with the court, feel please feel free. But thank you. I'm, I'm done here, Your Honor. Thank Your you. Honor, permission to cross examine the witness. Uh, you may proceed. All right. How you doing, Q? How you doing, brother? So, um, let's see. Can you name the outlaws? Uh, Napoleon, Iriami, and uh, I forgot the other one. He died. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that died. Um, do you listen to all their verses? Every song on here? No. How many how many songs do you actually listen all the way through here, all of the outlaws? Um Hail Mary. Bumpers. I, I listen to the the ones that are the ones I just listen to it just because it's a great song. But um definitely he was trying to put his team on. Um and these guys are like his family members. It's not like, you know, Jay putting on beans. He's putting on like his cousins from New Jersey. So, you know, they probably just weren't talented. He was just taking them off the street, giving them deals. And usually, you know, you don't get the best rappers when that happens. So that's basically so, what was happening. But I respect it. So you listen to the whole songs with all the outlaws is what you're saying, though. Each song that has the outlaws, you listen all the way through. Not each song. Uh, but, yeah, the, so, ones, the standout songs, I, I don't mind. Which are the standout songs? The standout songs, Bumpers, uh, Against All Odds, Hail Mary, Me and My Girlfriend. Uh, Ooh, it's Casey. They're not on Me and My Girlfriend. So you only named two outlaw songs. So out of seven outlaw songs on this album, you only listen to two of them. You right. skip the other, other, all the other outlaw songs. All right. So, so you consider these full songs like, 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 if it's really you're just listening to Pac, are you really enjoying the whole song, the whole album? Am I enjoying the whole entire album? I don't enjoy the whole entire album. Yeah. Uh, but, but the there's a lot so, of songs that I do enjoy. So how many songs do you skip on the lies on me? Um, I don't really like this too. A lot, a lot of songs on this too that I, I don't listen to. Ever. Okay. All right. And uh, how many? There's, there's, there's like four. I need to look at the track list, but there's like there's like three songs that I like on this two. I like most of this one on All Eyes on Me. This two has a lot of like filler type tracks that I don't listen to. So okay. there's a lot but there's a lot more songs in total to even compare it to Don All right, so so with uh, all of, who do you skip on the features? On All Eyes on Me? Yeah. Uh, I don't think the feet I don't think I skip the features. I think all the features on All Eyes on Me are, are valid. I think so some is of the songs that are that Outlaws, it's safe to say that Outlaws completely keep this album from being its full potential. Yes, I guess you could say that. While if you're saying every feature, you don't skip every feature on uh, All Eyes on Me, well, that's still that's still 70 to 80 percent of the album, which is more than you're not skipping on here. What'd you say? 
I, I can understand that perspective. So therefore, you're over. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. That, that's fine, sir, sir. That, That's fine. That's fine. I didn't ask you to elaborate. So you're saying you overall enjoy more of All Eyes on Me than you overall enjoy Columinati. I think um, it speaks for itself right there, Your Honor. And uh, I have no further questions for the witness. Okay. Uh, Florian, do you need do you need to uh, anything from your witness? You need to speak to your witness. California love to live and die in L.A. Which song you prefer more? <laughs> wow, that's tough. As a song. Do you like it when he's rapping with Dr. Dre or do you like it better when he's dissing Dr. Dre? Both of them about, you know, loving, you know, loving the West Coast. I definitely. It's, it's fine if, if you leave. I, I would listen to, I would listen to, like, if I want to throw a song on, I would I would definitely rather listen to, to Live and Die in LA. But, you know, I recognize that California Love is a bigger song. But me personally, I, I probably like to Live and Die in LA better. I I I would agree with you. Um, also, I have a question as well because uh, yeah. in some of my opening statements, I, I I declare this. Would you say that this is uh, Pocket arguably his uh, lyrical best, his, his lyrical apex? His lyrical apex? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Hmm. Okay, right, I, 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 I would say. I would say my favorite album, Music Against the World, you know, right before going into prison, I felt like he was in, in a different writing space. He had some like really, really ill songs. That, like, but yeah, no, I mean, actually, I take that back. Some of his most creative work is on this album, as far as like rapping like he's a gun. You know, I don't know if you guys got into it, but he definitely you know, took that. He got that from Nas. Like, he, he got that from I Gave You Power. And also, he, um, he was dissing Dr. Dre with the uh, same sample as No Diggity, Teddy Rollins, all that story. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of like him, like stealing from other people on this shit, to be honest. But um, I wouldn't but call it stealing. Super creative. I'm Bobby. sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Jones. I wouldn't call it stealing. I actually will call it um, influence. Um, you know, Nas influenced song a lot of rappers. That was supposed to be on this album and didn't make it. Um, if you ever watched the. Uh, the Tupac live at Hard Rock Cafe, I think it's called, or whatever it is, live at the Hard Rock, where he's performing. He's performing this whole album and all eyes on me. House of live at House of House Blues. Blues, House of Blues, yeah. and um, there's a song called Blasphemy. That's also because at this time he was dissing Nas, like they had a thing. He was dissing the whole East Coast, so he, it was the gun, the gun song, and that shit had the same beat as Street Dreams. Same sample, mm-hmm. yeah. same sample. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Pac was like, you know, he was in the, he was purposely doing that, like I'm gonna take your shit and I'm gonna try to do it better. Um, me uh, and my girlfriend is not better than I gave you power, but, it, but it's 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 fire. Yeah, that's true. Uh, question, my last question, and I rest my case. <clears throat> Are you a fan of Ice Cube's Jacking for Beats? Definitely a legendary tune. Okay, so 
would you say that it was creative on Tupac's part to flip and, and Suge Knight to have the idea to flip some of these songs and Clever to basically diss people, the artists that they were beefing with, that to make the songs and attempt to make better versions of the songs with those beat flips? Definitely. I respect okay. it. I, re- I rest my case, Your Honor. Okay, thank you for that, guys. Okay, so uh, let's see. I want to hear you guys' closing statements. I feel like you guys have said everything you need to say about this album. So I want to, I just want, Danny, I want you to lead off. Um, Your Honor, I think uh, as the witness has uh, proved himself, there's more listenability uh, on average, even if we're going by ratio of album to album. Uh, I think we've shown it has the more outstanding and and, uh, polarizing features. I think it's clearly the stronger album, even if it's just two, and it proves that Pac came out of jail with a little bit of a vengeance and a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as well. Being that, you know, this was a transition album from uh, his normal type of uh, content. While I think Ambitions, uh, I mean, Illuminati may be great for uh, overall pop fans because it's a return to his old work, I think people uh, tend to not realize how amazing All Eyes on Me was under his more rugged and street approach to shit. And uh, I just want, you know, the jury to see it was already stated by the plaintiff uh, or uh, process. I don't know which side he's on, but uh, his his case. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Thank you guys. Thank you for your time, Quincy. Appreciate it. Okay, and Tori. <sighs> All I wanted to do was just state what. Many people understand, and that's that, yes, All Eyes on Me sold a lot of records. Yes, All Eyes on Me is his best-selling project, but that does not mean that it's his best project. That does not mean it's lyrically his his most prominent project. There was a lot of hype that came along with this album, with him signing to Death Row. It was kind of the equivalent to Kevin Durant signing with the Golden State Warriors. But what Pac was able to do was, Pac is a chameleon, so he was able to fit in a pocket where he could fit into the death row sound and appease Suge Knight because he had did a great gesture for him by bailing him out, doing what his what his own parent label Interscope wouldn't do. Suge Knight said, "All right, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to put every all the chips behind you." Even so, even though he had Snoop Dogg as an artist, and Dr. Dre was on the way out, and you know, he had other artists that were there and basically Sugar Knight said, I'm going to, I'm putting all my chips in with you because you're a star. Like, I, I got Snoop Dogg, I got Dog Pound, I got Nate Dogg, I got Michelle. He was managing Mary J. Blige, he was managing Jodeci. Like, Sugar Knight pretty much had every artist on the planet that was a big deal, right? But he knew he had to do with Tupac. So Tupac delivered for him. Then he allowed Tupac to make Don Cluminati the album that he really wanted to make which I truly feel was the album that was truest to Tupac. If I wanted someone to know who Tupac was as a person, um, 
I guess, you know, Me Against the World would probably be the project that most people would probably share. I'll agree with that. But this album was pretty much the sequel to that project. So this is why I'm arguing that it's his best project because the lyrics are better. The production is some of his best. And, and a lot of the production is not even from the big name producers that he's, that he's worked with in the past. And as well, because unfortunately it was his untimely death, but I also think that the, the, the eeriness and the aura around this album actually is more meaningful and bigger than all of the hype that came out of him just coming home fresh from jail. The prosecution rests. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, I think, I believe I've reached, reached my verdict. I think you you guys both um, came came to this with some really good points. Uh, I think with Torian, Torian started off really strong with, with uh, his points, with especially talking about not just the production and the overall lore of uh, of this album when it came out and um and the hype about it and the eeriness of it and uh and how aggressive pop was like that all kind of ties into how important and how much of a staple this album is um and Danny Danny did a really good job at sticking to his guns with what he felt was the better album and um and what he didn't like about this album he was really clear about and and for that reason I would have to go with Danny because for your witness for your witness being Quincy. Quincy, I don't know why you got your mouth like that because you're part of the music. <laughs> Danny won this case. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're part of the reason why. <laughs> because before you came in, Torian was making really good points to prove to prove this case. And he was kind of, he was really bodying this. And I think with you coming in, you kind of, Help Danny to execute what he was trying to do, and you didn't even know. That's so. Uh, so so that's 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 my case here. Um, this is not, in fact, Tupac's best album. Um, but I do want to hear from our audience. I want people to 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 tag us. I want to hear opinions on this. Um, all of y'all, y'all fought a good fight. All right. Yeah, you know, you know, T, Torian, he came out there swinging. Yeah, he made really valid points. But um, I kind of had my strategy going. I, I knew where I was going to go. And then uh, he brought Q on. <laughs> Q, you know, he just won it for me. I want to thank him. You know, the W's <laughs> for him. He, uh, he definitely um, went in a direction I didn't see coming. And I, I saw the alley. I had to take it. And uh, I just want to appreciate the jury. I want the you know jury to know we, we appreciate them listening and uh, tuning in. Um, I'm officially two and zero, uh, and welcoming challengers. So, well, you know, as we can see, um, the judge was drinking on the job, um, and you know, I, I had a strong case, and I felt like my witness was coerced into uh, saying things that he didn't really mean. And, you know, he came in blindsided. I wanted to be fair. So, you know, he didn't hear my opening statement. So, you know, he didn't know where to go with it. But it's all right. You know, um, he is a true Tupac fan. And I, I know in his heart he didn't mean to say the things that he said about this album. <laughs> that he, he wanted to say that this was Tupac's best album. And, uh, 
you know. Sometimes, you know, whenever you, you, you're too good, they try to keep you humble. And uh, I think that's what the judge tried to do to me tonight. But uh, it's okay. Uh, jury, you know, I feel like it, in, in your heart, you know who really won. But uh, it's all right. It's all right. I, I'll be back. Trust me. And also, the judge, the judge will get his day in court as well. This case is dismissed. Case 143, the seven-day theory. We're out of here. 2-0, oh, baby. 2-0. Oh.